don't have money so you see a lot of you know lower in and that's really a class issue and and race does come into play this is let your voice be heard right here on whcr 90.3 fm the voice of harlem we are back on let your voice be heard on 90.3 fm whcr the voice of harlem if you are just tuning in this is stanley i'm very hoarse fritz here with selena cat daddy snapchat periscope all day everyday hard body hill and of course Alyssa drink beer is bigger than my entire body i'm a lawyer you've been lawyered i will still fight you at a hockey game if you say the rangers suck fukes and we have talked about so far what else Another mass shooting, another lack of activity from Congress and Senate to pass gun laws. Then we had the news roundup where George Zimmerman found a way to include his vomit into our news timeline again. And then Donald Trump, who might just win the Republican primary. And now the fun stuff begins. And by fun, I mean extremely depressing. So Selena, Alyssa, Marilyn, my love, and some other friends and I are going to be going to go see Chirac later today. So I'm very excited about that. And we thought to ourselves, we should do a movie too. So in honor of Chirac, Selena, Alyssa, and I are starting a two-part movie that starts today. So I'm going to tell you the plot for today's movie, and then we'll go from there. So the plot is a young man, African-American male, walking away from the cops, Maybe saying some rude things to them, maybe not, who knows, because the video that we're seeing this on has no sound, gets shot 16 times. But for some reason, the police officer puts in a report that says, hey, this young Negro was lunging at me, and he had a knife that he was going to stab me with. And his partner also corroborated with this actual story. And after about 400 days and a whole bunch of freedom of information requests coming in from this reporter who just randomly got very empowered and curious about the story... Chicago PD finally releases dash cam footage that shows that the African-American male that the cop says was lunging at him actually was not lunging at him. He was nowhere near that cop. That cop shot him 16 times. This movie is even more interesting because the powers that be, the elected officials who are supposed to be the leaders, who are supposed to be the ones that protect us from these kind of things happening, they gave that kid's family $5 million. Guess what? His family didn't follow suit. His family didn't even, like, file a complaint yet. They gave that to him retroactively, and this is before the video came out, and people started to wonder what the hell was going on. To make it even more interesting, after all these things happened, we found out that there was a Burger King in the area that also had footage of the shooting, but guess what? The footage was magically missing. And then the Burger King regional vice president said, well, some cops came in there, and they deleted the footage. What will we call that movie? Cover Up? Cover Up? Alyssa? Corruption? I call it real life, the past three weeks. We are actually talking about something that is going on right now. And on this Sunday, we'll be talking about the rampant corruption and the cover-ups going on in Chicago with Laquan McDonald and other cases. And then next week, we'll be talking about the rampant gang violence and the issues with education and, and gun violence in Chicago. But today, at this very moment, we are talking about what is becoming a serious problem everyone knows about the phrase chicago style politics everybody knows the phrase about the 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 blue shield where no matter what happens you're supposed to protect your brother in arms in the police department i know in new york they're really passionate about that because i have some cop friends who will defend the cop even this video footage of the cop yelling the n-word while holding the kkk hoodie and shooting a black person who's unarmed and asleep they'll still say maybe they were provoked 
And in Chicago, that same high-level blue shield is existing. And it's happening where this cop said that he was protecting his life because he was in danger from Laquan McDonald. And his partner, who was not at the scene of the crime, said that, yeah, he was defending himself. And then some other cop came and deleted video footage from Burger King, said he was defending himself. And then the mayor and the police department had this video for over 400 days and was going to let the cop walk free. So today, we talk about what the hell kind of logical or illogical politicians and police forces could help to create such a culture of corruption and to help us with this conversation we have an amazing guest a guest we've had here a couple of times um the most recent was a couple of years ago i think about two years ago when we were talking about the violence going on in chicago and like you know ways that we can address it and and why it was such a big issue and this person is someone who's been in the community for over 20 years name is t.o hardman the executive director for ceasefire violence interrupters incorporated and like i said he has dedicated his life and career to community organizing for peace and social change. In 1999, Hartman joined Ceasefire and this is an award-winning public health model that has been scientifically proven to reduce shootings and killings. Hartman's one of the people who's in the communities and you know what? Chicago can, can take all of the help and it can get. And he is going to help us to understand why this kind of nonsense could be happening in Chicago and why we are just not paying attention. CL, thank you so much for calling in today. I'm really glad glad to be on the show this morning. Thank you. So, Tio, it's going to get really sad. It's going to get really frustrating. It's going to get really, really upsetting very soon because there's a lot of nonsense in this conversation. So before we get there, I have one question from you. Who has the better pizza, Chicago or New York? Well, I've been to New York several times. (laughs) That's a good question. Uh, Chicago. (laughs) Come on, Tio. Are you lying to me? Have you ever had a nice slice of New York pizza after a long night of listening to trap music and drinking whiskey sours? Yeah, I've had a slice of New York pizza on several occasions <laughs> in Harlem and in Queens, the Bronx, whatever. But uh, Chicago got you guys beat by a long shot. All right, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come. <laughs> we can come have see a debate you. about that for the whole show. Yeah, right. Like, can we, just right. Do that? we could, we could also guys. debate who's got the better hot dog, but we'll have to mm. save that for another time. Well, no one knows what, right. what makes hot dogs, so <laughs> it's awesome for that. So, Tio, that was the LOL moment of the day. Unfortunately, we are not gonna have much more of that. So. I'm just, I gave a kind of a summary of what happened with Laquan McDonald and what those yep. police officers did and all the cover-ups that went around there. And I want to talk about a couple of other things that like we've seen from Chicago from our point of view. But before I jump in and start dominating the conversation, I really want you to give us like a point of view of what's been happening, why this kind of cover-up has been happening with Chicago PD, and why a mayor, an elected official who I thought was one of the good guys, has allowed this to happen. Well, first and foremost, uh, Superintendent McCarthy, uh, everybody in Chicago... Now, we kind of celebrate now because McCarthy should have been fired back in 2012. The reason the mayor allowed these type of incidents to occur is because Superintendent McCarthy had a wicked spirit here in Chicago. He brought all of his East Coast strategies to Chicago that have not worked in Chicago at all. And the mayor continued to hold his hand. And everything that I'm talking about now, you can back up, you know, with, uh, you know, media stories, whatever the case may be, as it relates to, like, what's been written about these uh, incidents and what's been written about how the mayor has not responded. For example, uh, the Department of Justice was supposed to conduct an investigation with the Chicago Police Department about a year ago, but because Mayor Rahm Emanuel has a good relationship with the president, they kind of backed up off of that investigation, okay? What you got going on in Chicago is McCarthyism, and I compare it to apartheid. McCarthy came to Chicago, it appears that somebody gave these officers the right to shoot, ask questions later because we have your back. And that's the mindset of some of the police officers. And don't get me wrong, the black-on-black killings uh, need to stop as well. 
But, for example, there's an officer by the name of Dante Servant. He shot and killed a young lady by the name of Rakia Boyd. And Susan McCarthy said he stood behind his officer and the mayor stood behind that officer. And when the Laquan McDonald tape was released, all of a sudden now they want to have the officer fired for killing Rakia Boyd, you know, like seven, eight months later. But the reality is that the cover-up has been going on in Chicago for quite some time. There are a lot of uh, young guys that have been shot and killed by the police, a lot of unanswered questions. But Laquan McDonald is the tape that uh, pretty much uh, broke the camel's back to a degree because McCarthy's fired, and now we got to work on uh, making sure that uh, Rahm Emanuel steps down and resigns as well. Some people need to be indicted. You've had police officers that made false reports as well. This was a cover-up because of the election year. The mayor uh, probably thought that if, he, if the video was released, he would not win re-elections because he was already in a runoff. So there's a lot that's going on. But this, you know, understand this. All the listeners need to understand. Chicago is the capital when it comes down to wrongful convictions. Chicago has a, a long history of police-involved shootings, killing a lot of, you know, like, you know, guys that were unarmed like a lot of cities, you know, across the United States. But this is this this is a major issue in Chicago right now. And I would like to applaud all the community activists, all the people that are standing up now, because a lot of the pastors who supported Rahm Emanuel, some of those pastors are turning against him now. So they're showing that they have a little backbone, okay? So thank you so much for that, T.L. I wanted to cut in because in case anyone just tuned into the show, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We are talking about the Chicago police and political corruption. We have our guest T.L. Hardman on the line. And if you want to call in with any questions or concerns, the number is 212-650-6903. Again, that is 212-650-6903. I know Alyssa had a question for you, T.L. Alyssa, the floor is yours. Yeah, I do. I mean, I you kind of touched upon it when you were just giving that last statement, but I wanted to maybe nail it down a little more, which is Rahman. Emanuel was running for election last year around the time when this occurred. And a lot of people are saying that part of the reason why this video was not released right away and part of the reason why the case and the family was settled and the the family was paid the $5 million so quickly um, is because if this video would have come out before Rahm Emanuel was elected mayor of the city, he would have lost the election. Now, I just before you give me the answer, I wanted to quickly potentially correct something that you said, Stanley, which is they probably never filed a lawsuit. Um, they had to have filed an initial claim, like just what's called a notice in New York. It's called a notice of claim. I don't know in Chicago or in Illinois what you know what Illinois law calls it, but I pr- suspect that they probably filed some kind of even if it was one or two page document putting the city on notice that they intended to commence suit, and then the city settled that before it could ever get into a courtroom and more public information could come out. Now, if I'm wrong about that, I'll try and correct it later. But generally speaking, that's the process, at least legally, as somebody who does those kind of police cases here in New York. Uh, getting back to my question, Tio, I mean, how much did this election and Rahm Emanuel needing to win re-election or wanting to win re-election play into the decision to quietly settle the case for $5 million and not release the video for over 400 days? Well, that's exactly what happened. Uh, Rahm Emanuel was in a heated contest to become the mayor again, and they decided they everybody came together. You know, like McCarthy, the mayor, the you know the uh, state's attorney, and even the aldermen here in Chicago. So it's not just the mayor's responsibility. The aldermen signed off on a five million dollar check as well. Black aldermen, white aldermen, Hispanic aldermen, Asian aldermen. So you know, you got a massive cover up here in uh, City Hall, Chicago. Yeah, the tape played a major role because the mayor already knows that that tape was released he would not be the mayor today. So that's what you got going on. And, and just to back up what I'm saying, the mayor continued to make these statements about, you know, the increase in homicide rate in Chicago, but he hired McCarthy to kind of solve everything in Chicago. But this is what he said lately. 
the city, the police are in a fetal position. If the police are in a fetal position, why are they steady killing unarmed African, African-American youth? That doesn't sound like somebody in a fetal position to me. And then they say they need more gun control. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Let me say this. When you talk about gun control, do you think a young guy is thinking about gun control if he's going to shoot and kill somebody? The thing is, they have a lot of ineffective strategies that they implemented. So the tape was used, they suppressed the tape to make sure the mayor was reelected. That's the bottom line. Everybody knows it now, and I think it's going to come out as they began to uncover documents and reveal more information about this. I think the mayor is going to end up stepping down eventually because of this, uh, the tape, the release of the Kwame Donald tape. I honestly hope that does exactly what happens. I just want to point out that some more information came out just this past Friday. So they were able to recover the video from McDonald's and it actually shows an officer at at the at, pardon me, at the Burger King on the computer deleting the recording from the actual incident. So this is the video that Rahm Emanuel, they did not want to have released. And now it's come out now and it's incriminated these officers even more. My, my question is, because this, you know, I know, like, we all know, like, the issues of race. We all know the issues of police violence. But Rahm Emanuel is someone who I've always considered to be, like, one of the strongest Democrats, progressives that we have. Someone who really fights for these issues. How can someone who, at least on paper, seems like to be on our side, have gone, like, have just pretty much allowed capital murder happen and do nothing about it? How could it, how could it have gone this far? Well, this is what you call politics going wild. You know, I know Rahm Emanuel was one of the you know, strongest voices, you know, coming out of Chicago. He worked for the president. Uh, this is the culture of corruption in Chicago. That's why, that's why this happened. I told uh, Rahm Emanuel back in 2011 when he brought Superintendent McCarthy to Chicago that McCarthy would lead to his downfall. I told the mayor that personally because uh, McCarthy's spear wasn't right. But the reality is what I'm saying. This was able to uh, go on from time to time again because it's the corruption. In Chicago, you got a lot of preachers that are paid off. You got people that look the other way. It's all about money. They gave to Laquan McDonald. They didn't even give the money to the person that was taking care of Laquan, which was his uncle, but they gave it to some other family members, okay? The reality of they thought the $5 million hush money would suppress the tape forever. And that's and they got exposed because you had a young man named William Calloway, a young brother from the neighborhood who uh, got in contact with a journalist named Brandon. I forget Brandon's last name right now. And they actually fought to get the tape released. And now, this week, another tape is going to be released. A guy named Ronnie Mann was shot and killed while wow. he was running away from the police. It's Brandon Smith, just for clarification. Selena? Yeah, thank you. No, I, I'm, you know, I'm just li- listening to these um, these horrendous details about what's, what's going on. And Stanley mentioned this um, more reports that came out late Friday evening, which I think was very strategic to put out these reports on a late Friday. Um, I wanted to add to that and say that um, not only that, but the initial police reports that those officers at the scene also came out Friday evening. And if you read those reports, the officers said not only did they did um, Laquan lunge at them, but they said that he was holding a knife very aggressively approaching them. And to add Add to it that he was so determined to attack the cops even after he had been shot down. That is why Officer Jason Van Dyke continued to shoot. So he said literally McDonald fell to the ground but continued to move and continued to grasp the knife, refusing to let it go. And I'm like, who I'm like, did they shoot what down the Hulk? What, like who are they like, talking about? Like what video were they watching? They, they were at the scene and they just completely lied. And I mean, and the thing is, even if even even if that video didn't come out, you would, who would think that someone who has been shot down on the ground is just so determined to lunge and to attack a police officer with a knife? Negro, that doesn't happen. Negro Hulk. 
Michelina? Well, you know, I, I think I've mentioned this before. I'll mention it again. I mean, the, the reason why you always hear police officers say things like, I was scared for my life or I was scared for the life of other officers is because, as I've mentioned on previous shows, that's the standard that has been laid out by the law that is the defense, you know, when you're an official uh, actor of the state, a police officer is an official actor of the state, and when the uh, the police officer um, shoots or kills or injures somebody using deadly force um, and they do not want to be charged with murder, they always say, well, I was, you know, scared for my life because that's the standard. And I also just wanted to add to that. The um, settlement, the $5 million settlement, actually included a clause that kept the dash cam video secret so that it could not be released. Wow. So it was wow. not until Brandon Smith filed this FOIL request and it was ordered to be turned over by the Cook County judge that the video became public. That is ridiculous. Guys, we are going on a quick break. When we get back, we'll keep talking about this case, but also get some other examples of Chicago police corruption. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard on 8.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. And we are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, The Voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, we are talking about the Chicago police and political corruption going on right now. And really, I guess for as long as we can remember or anyone can remember, it's been pretty corrupt. And the song you were listening to was Kendrick Lamar's Black of the Berry. It's a song that I, I like to play, especially when we're having conversation dealing with race or police violence or gang violence, because I think it represents the anger that a lot, the anger and confusion that a lot of us feel at this moment when these things are happening. And now before I start talking your ears off again, I want you guys to know that we do have Chio Hardman on the phone. And before we get to him, I want to throw it to Alyssa who had a comment. Yeah, so I found such an interesting contrast between, um, I guess, what happened in the Freddie Gary case uh, with Carolyn Mosby, who is the district attorney uh, in Baltimore versus what happened here with the district attorney whose name, um, first name I'm not sure of, but I, last name I know is Ms. Alvarez. She's the DA uh, in Chicago. And, you know, a lot of things, you know, there's definitely a contrast, right? Carolyn Mosby, um, you know, right away was like, I'm going to get an indictment. You know, I'm going to bring the, this to justice. I, I hear your calls for justice. Whereas in Chicago, Ms. Alvarez, obviously, you know, because of the timing of the release in the video seems to be somewhat complicit in the fact that nothing happened. But it leads to a bigger thing that I wanted to bring up about prosecutors and sort of the need for an independent prosecutor's office to investigate issues of when police uh, fire their fire, discharge a firearm. I know that's something that Eric Schneiderman, the AG here in New, in New York, has really been trying to push with the governor to have an independent office, because this is what people forget, that when a DA's office prosecutes people for a crime, the people who are bringing that crime, so to speak, through the doors are the police, right? A police officer sees somebody on the street commit a crime, they place them under arrest, they bring them to the DA's office, to the courthouse, they then meet with the district attorney and tell the DA what they saw. And based on the information that the DA gets from the police, the DA then moves forward with a criminal case against that person. If the police no longer trust the DA um, because the DA goes after police officers, then the, D- the police are in on some ways less likely to, uh, you know, bring cases through the doors because there's a breakdown in trust between the DA's office and the police. And that shouldn't be. The police can't investigate themselves. There has to be some investi- in, in independent body. But second off, the biggest supporter usually of a DA in re-election when it comes to money, and now we're back to money supporting people, is the police union. So when you need to get re-elected, 
and you're relying on the police union to pour money into your campaign, then you're going to have a really hard time when you piss off the police union, when you start prosecuting officers that should be prosecuted. And that's why there's a need in Chicago and everywhere else for an independent body to do this kind of work. Tio, is there any push to get an independent prosecutor for DC, for um, Chicago when these kind of acts happen? Oh, without a doubt. No, Reverend Jesse Jackson, a lot of the faith-based leaders, uh, they're calling for an independent prosecutor. Congressman Bobby Rush just called for it as well. But keep in mind, Bobby Rush, some of these guys are the same people that supported Mayor Rahm Emanuel. But that's the need. There's definitely a need. Now, also understand this. You have an independent police review authority here in Chicago, and there's a, a guy that sits on that board named Lorenzo Davis. He spoke up, uh, you know, against some of these cases and exposed some of the officers' misconduct, and he was fired around six months ago because he spoke up. And now the mayor wants to appoint another special oversight committee. Why would you uh, appoint another oversight committee, including the former governor, I think, of uh, David, um, uh, you know, his name slips me now. He's uh, the former governor of Massachusetts. Good guy, you know, the brother, uh, African-American guy. But the, the point I'm making here is this. Why would you appoint another oversight committee that's because you have no faith in the other committee. He kind of threw the other committee to the side. He threw them to the world, so to speak. <clears throat> Excuse me, because what happened is that that committee has no power because they're all appointed people. And that's the point we're making right now, you know, for your listeners. The reality in Chicago, the mayor needs to go. Uh, State's Attorney Anita Alvarez, she's up for re-election now, too. And I guess they were hoping that the tape would not be released until after March of 2016 when she could win her primary, okay? Mm-hmm. So that's what this tape is all about. But you're going to have so many more tapes that are released within the next two or three months that the entire country is going to be bombarded with a lot of uh, killings of innocent you know, African-American youth. Uh, the world's going to have to wait and see the outcome of all these other tapes. That's very true to you. And if you guys are just tuning in or you want to call in, the number is 212 212- Six five zero six nine zero three. Again, that is two one two six five zero six nine zero three. Or you can tweet us at beheard underscore radio. We are talking about the police and political corruption going on in Chicago in light of Laquan McDonald. I want to ask you a question, Tio. What's going on with the governor of Illinois? What is he doing? Well, the governor actually made a comment. Uh, governor Bruce Rauner actually said he cried when he saw the tape, and he's actually calling for what you might say, uh, you know, like the Department of Justice to come in and investigate the police department. He finally just made a comment. He was kind of silent uh, once everything, you know, kind of hit the fan or whatever. But uh, he's stepping up a little bit now, but he still has his own struggles, internal struggles with trying to pass a budget here in Illinois. He's steady cutting programs for the mentally ill, cutting programs for child care, uh, senior services. I mean, this guy, uh, he's a billionaire, and he just appears to have a cold heart when it comes down to supporting some of the everyday working class and poor people. But he did make a statement uh, just to answer your question. Well, sta- <laughs> statements are useless, just like prayers when you can do something. So, right. No, no shade, Selena. She gave me a crazy side eye. But um, I, I do want to switch gears a little bit. We've been talking about the Laquan McDonald incident for quite some time now, but this is not the only example of corruption in the Chicago PD. So I wanted to bring up a story that I read in The Guardian actually a year ago that I pitched to the show to have have us had this discussion, and it was about pretty much the police apparently have this off-site location where they take people and they interrogate them, and it's unmarked, and they don't list it anywhere, and they don't have to have a warrant, and they can just hold people there for days. Have you heard about that location in the Selective? Yeah, very well versed about that. And let me correct the name. That was former Governor Patrick Duvall. I think that's his name. That's the guy that the mayor just appointed to a special committee here. And, um... As far as the home and square location on the west side of Chicago, it reminds me of the movie Shutter Island. This is a place where they would take people and they would interrogate them. They would keep them there for weeks upon weeks. 
and uh, really try to, you know, ex- extract information out of these guys. It, it kind of puts you in mind of some of the CIA practices when they try to, I don't, I'm not going to say water, waterboarding people, but they were taking people, and these people would disappear out the streets for two or three weeks. But it's being exposed now. A lot of people, I'm, I'm glad the Guardian newspaper wrote a story about it, but this is a place on the west side where the police were definitely involved in some misconduct with a lot of, you know, civilians. They would take them there, and uh, they would just get all kinds of information out of them. So more will be revealed in regards to that story as well. Right. Is Do you know, I mean, I'm just curious. Obviously, we have a Fourth Amendment, or at least in theory, that people are not supposed to just be disappeared. Like, this is some kind right. of war zone. Do you know if there's any lawsuits that have come out of the secret prison, we'll call it, um, that you that you know of? Um, no, not right now. That? They're working on it. A few of the people that were detained over there for some time, they're going to uh, file a lawsuit pretty soon. That's going to rock the nation as well because that's under Mayor Rahm Emanuel's watch. Right. And, and that's what you have going on in Chicago. Like I said, it's been a long, long history of police cover-up mm-hmm. and misconduct. You have to understand this, too, and I don't wanna, I'm going to go kind of deep with this one. Remember the guy out of Boston, Whitey Bulger, they filmed a movie on his yes. lifestyle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this guy was in bed with the police, the FBI, and everybody, and on the streets. That's what you got going on in Chicago, too. You got a lot of these guys that are on the streets. Uh, for example, I hear a lot of stories about a guy that may shoot at people, but if the police catch him, they would let him out if he would tell on other people. So now you're letting killers out on the street. And I can't confirm all the stories, but I do know of two stories where I know individuals that were involved in that type of stuff, and I know they were released. Guys and the police have to just give them a gun, and they give up two or three guns, they're back on the street so they can go kill more people. Okay, people are bringing bringing drugs in the community as well, and I'm not taking up for my brothers and sisters out there. I want to make that clear: the black on black killings need to stop, and the drug dealing needs to stop as well. But we have stories in Chicago where freight trains mysteriously end up broken into on the south side of Chicago, and guys are getting semi-automatic weapons off these freight trains. So it's a lot of problems. I'm telling you, there needs to be a massive uh, overhaul of what's going on in Chicago for policing. Okay. Yeah. So I, I'm glad you mentioned that. We're actually going to talk about that next week in the second part of this, this this special coverage on Chicago. So thank you for bringing that up. We also have a caller on the line right now, Big Brother Omar from the Big Mango. Omar, let your voice be heard. Yes. Hello and uh, good uh, afternoon to your guest. And the brother from Chicago is like a brother of fresh air. I have a friend of mine, a good friend of mine, has a radio show, show in Chicago. His name is Brother Salim. I won't mention. I'll just say his last name is M. Salim. We grew up together. He did a he did a book on Mayor Washington, and he's always been in the forefront, trying to uh, bring out all of this corruption of what's mm. going on in the city. And that goes back to even before Mayor Daley, who was one of the most vicious crime mayors that this country has ever produced. And uh, Chicago has always been known for its corruption, going back to Al Capone and them days back there. But I want to ask the brother one thing. What is the solution to all of this? Because this thing seems like it's going from one generation to the next. All of these cover-ups, not only in Chicago, but here in New York with Shelly Silvers and all this other stuff that's going on. What's the solution to all of this? We're going into a new year, 2016. Uh, it's, it's an election year what is this brothers if you had a crystal ball what would you tell us here uh uh in harlem is the solution to all of this i'll hang up and listen to your response cool. you know i love you and there's nothing you can do about it so keep my face brothers and sisters thank you well, i have a uh, direct answer for the brother and your listeners uh the self-hatred needs to stop in the african-american community and uh african-american people have to unify if they really stop the killings the only way you're going to stop killings the police killings and the black-on-black violence is that African-American people have to unify. 
That's the only solution. I don't care how much money you put into a program. If you, don't, if you do not deal with the issue of self-hatred, you're going to continue to have problems in the oh. African-American community. Right now, everybody's benefiting off the backs of African-American youth. The state's attorneys, the, pen- the penitentiaries, the police, lawyers, you know, you name it, cemeteries, everybody. So right. we have a big problem in front of us. It's like the elephant in the room, and we have to take one piece down at a time. Right. No, you're, you a- you're, you're absolutely right. Tio, can, I, can you just, I'm just going to ask you to clarify something. How can um, stopping and, and, and people, um, how can us as a black community uh, help or stop police shootings? I mean, if that's, it, it sounds like that's what you're saying. If that's not what you're saying, can you just please clarify on how a, a solution to police killings in the black community is the black people uh, unifying. Right? What was that? Have you you guys have heard about Minister Farrakhan, the Nation yes. of Islam, right? Yes. Yeah. Do you hear about the police shooting any of the Muslim brothers that are out there mm. with their suits and bow ties on? I also don't hear them doing any work either. No, what I'm saying, but you don't hear them shooting them guys right or wrong. You're right. You're right on that. And, and the purpose, the point I'm trying to make is the reason why the police don't shoot those guys is because they feel that that's a unified, you know, like system of people where they don't know what might come behind that. I'm not saying violence would come behind it. What I'm saying is that if black folks would unify and stop killing each other, the police would not be able to kill more black folks. That's what I'm saying, to be real clear with you. A unified community, you know, you're strong as your weakest link. The reason the police are killing our people is because a lot of our people, they, the police probably feel nobody really cares because we're killing each other mm. in wholesale numbers. Well, That's do you, what I mean. Do you think that, let's just say, like the Black Lives Matter movement, do you think that, that we are exceeding on that front and trying to unify and show police and show um, our officials that you cannot just kill black, pe- black people? I love what the Black Lives Matter people stand for, but they also need to go into the depths of the neighborhood and help stop some of the black-on-black killings. A lot of people do not want to address the brothers in the hood because it's not going to be an easy fight. Those brothers in the hood will step to you, okay? It's more convenient to address the issues of police brutality, which I'm on the front line on both of the issues, but I applaud Black Lives Matter, but they need to get into the neighborhoods, too, and help us stop some of the killings out there. You, you know, T.O., I'm really glad you're, you're saying that. We actually don't hear that rhetoric, and I feel like anytime people within the Black Lives Matter movement or just in the black community do say something like that, well, hey, we have a part to play. There's a role that black people can play as well to stop this type of killing, uh, this this mass killing of black people. Um. You, it's a lot of pushback. So for you to take that stance and to come strong in it, you know, I appreciate you saying that. Teal, thank you so much for calling in today. Thank you so much for calling in today. So we do have to wrap up. I just want to ask you to let the listeners know how they can learn more about your organization and they can support your work. Okay. Yeah. You know, my website is uh, T-O-Hardeman.com. That's T-I-O-H-A-R-D-I-M-A-N.com. You know, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, T.O. Hardeman. So, I really appreciate the opportunity to come on your show to speak to a lot of my friends on the East Coast because I know a lot of people, my sister Erica Ford up there in Harlem, uh, you know, my man, a lot of good people. In other words, I can't name everybody, but I'm, gl- I'm glad to be on your show. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank, Thank you for being on here with us. So, guys, we do have to wrap up this conversation. I want to make this as short and sweet as possible. We have a serious issue of, of gang violence in Chicago, and that, that's an issue that has to be addressed. We cannot run away from that. And I think Tia was very blunt about how he feels about that issue. But despite what's going on, despite how many people are killing each other out there, despite how many gangs you have out there, despite how much gang violence is going on, you never have the right as someone who is supposed to be serving and protecting to take the law into your own hands and take the life of someone else. You also do not have the right as someone that the people elect to represent them and to fight for legislation and laws that protect them to then cover evidence 
of someone's life being taken unfairly so that you can win an election. When we get to a point when people will brush aside the life of one person so that they can make their life a little bit more comfortable, we are in very dangerous waters. Ron Emanuel, someone who I've said multiple times on this segment, was an elected official who I thought was one of the good guys, has proven once again that this system is backed up, it is supported, it is propped, and it is built off of just an institution of racism. Because when someone who looks like an ally can throw you under the bus so they can have four more years to not do the job they promised to do, then you know we are in a bad place. And then we can't pontificate, we can't debate, we can't pray, we have to do something, we have to get active. And one of the first things that we can do, and one of the things that we refuse to do so far, is hold these police accountable. And until that happens, this is going to keep on going on, and we'll keep on calling it Chirac, or Philadelphia, or just New York City where cops can shoot people because they're brown and they get applauded for it. But until we do something, we'll keep calling it that guy so now we got to go on a quick break when we return it'll be Alyssa and the quickie